1: Uh, But listening and reading through some of the details of the story and looking at the history of it, it turns out this happens from time to time. There are balloons floating around, uh, looking down on the United States, sometimes from China specifically, and also that it was within range of being shot down. But the Defense Department made a decision not to do that. Can you explain a little bit how often this happens and where the balloon may be now? So we know of at least two other times this has happened in the past, and it's not just during the Biden administrations. It's happened during past administrations as well. The difference about this one that has caused officials more concern is that the balloon, in past cases, uh, these these aerial surveillance assets will come near the U.S. or maybe go into the U.S. for a short time, and then they leave again. This one has been, come. it flew, as you, you could see from that map there, from the Aleutians down through Canada into Montana, and it's been hovering in the United States now for several days. That's what has the U.S officials more concerned about it uh, and, and and then you know you mentioned it was in montana that's not too far from malmstrom air force base which is where the u.s has intercontinental ballistic missiles it's one of the the u.s's you know strategic ballistic missile sites in the united states now a, as far as we know it was never closer than about 200 miles but The the balloon is still flying over the continental US and officials are not telling us where it is at this point. So uh, that's one of the things. Now you mentioned also the potential for it to be shot down. This raised a level of concern that on Wednesday, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, who was traveling in Manila at the time, convened a meeting with his senior defense leaders that included Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, General Mark Milley, the head of NORTHCOM, NORAD, General Glenn, Glenn Van Herc. So Austin called them all together for a meeting. It was the middle of the night in the Philippines. And they talked about the potential track for this thing, where it was coming from, where it was going, the potential collection, the intelligence collection capabilities, which they believe to be somewhat minimal. They don't think that the can collect very much, and they even brought in some aircraft, including AWACS, their surveillance aircraft, and F-22 fighter jets, with the potential to bring this thing down. They scrambled these aircraft to both look at it and the potential to shoot it down. Now, ultimately, they decided that given the fact that it didn't have a ton of collection capability... And they looked at the potential for taking it down and, and the debris field that that would create on the ground. They made a recommendation to President Biden not to shoot it down, but to continue to, to monitor and track it. And that's where they landed. President Biden agreed with that decision. And according to a senior defense official who I spoke with yesterday, they're literally monitoring this on a minute by minute basis. And they are maintaining the, the, both the ability and the, the decision making space to, vent, to take it down if need be.
0: It's Friday, 3 February, the year of our Lord, 2023 in Beijing. They are belly laughing. They're mocking us right here. The uh, a headline in today's Financial Times of London, right? We always go to The Economist and the Financial Times for the real news. Uh, blinking to meet Xi during landmark China visit in sign of thawing relations. That didn't age very well, did it? We've asked Congressman Matt Gates, who's one of the smartest people I know on national security and armed services, to join us here. We've got a lot to go through today. Uh, Congressman Gates, give us your assessment of of this uh, situation over the skies of the great state of Montana. This is the consequence of a totally predictable foreign policy,
2: right? They see Blinken and Biden as paint-by-numbers, strategists, not even strategists. This would have never happened under President Trump because... You like, you like,
0: you like the unpredictability of Of
2: course, be- because they would not have known what would have been the consequences. An additional 1500 torpedoes might have showed up in Japan the next day <laughs> right. if they did this. Right. You know? Or
0: you shoot down some over mainland China, not over Montana. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. I, I think that that uh, really gave Trump an ability to uh, reign over an era of peace. In in the world, and and now we see the the negative consequences. This is obviously a result or or direct, I I think, reaction to the basing decision in the Philippines, which is very important. Uh, You have to also think that China may be trying to bait the United States into disputes over appropriate rights in the air because we would say, look, we shoot this thing down, it was over our airspace, then does that give some sort of pretext for China to take some action? For the
0: geosynchronized uh, satellites we have maybe over that part of the world?
2: Well, not just that, but there are sorties that are being flown very Mm -hmm. frequently by our allies, by our service members in the South China Sea over areas that China is claiming their jurisdiction. And so if you create this sort of jurisdictional pretext, Um, you could see things escalate there very quickly. You're you're
0: saying – is what you're saying that this is more political information warfare, that part of unrestricted warfare they do versus actually the national security? If we knew that this
2: balloon was getting information from our sensitive ICBM sites and transmitting it back to China and we did not shoot it down – that would be the dumbest in a series of dumb decisions from the Secretary of Defense and from this president that, w- that we have possibly seen. There is also a possibility that this balloon has very little value militarily to China, and it is there as a, as a signal. And maybe they're hoping that we go capture it. And then you know what? They would be able to observe what our capture technology is. Something that would be very helpful to them as they were making a move on Taiwan or planning to make a move on Taiwan. Right? What if they're trying to see in this type of a circumstance w- what type of munitions we would use? Would we go surface to air? Would we go air to air? What type of squadron would we have activated for this type of a mission? Then they get to observe all of that in the event of a Taiwan invasion. So if this thing is just some dumb balloon floating over there then I think we have a different series of options than if it is actually transmitting information back. And trust me, we know whether or not that balloon is transmitting a SIGINT back to Beijing. And if it is, it should have been shot down long ago, but if it isn't, let's not just have the impulse that because it's over sensitive areas and it's a Chinese balloon that our, that every option would advance our strategic goals. I, I think, that the reaction here should be more to- torpedoes in theater. We know from all the war games that we that that we have uh, observed commercially and otherwise that torpedoes in theater is actually what changes a lot of the deterrence calculus.
0: I mean, tor- torpedoes. We are talking about uh, um, a fast attack submarines, navy destroyers, up with to- torpedoes in the East China Sea, in the South China Sea, That's and then, what
2: in about. the Taiwan. I mean, straight a- straight available Taiwan. for the states yeah, yeah, straight of Taiwan.
0: to Taiwan. Let me go back for a second. What you just laid out is a highly sophisticated, you know, we're going to move three – it's four-dimension chess, right? In that part of the world, in – quite frankly, because the Chinese Communist Party with One Belt, One Road and clearly underwriting uh, the KGB in Russia, with Russia and Turkey and Iran and Pakistan and our former allies in uh, Saudi Arabia that are working with them to get off the U.S. dollar uh, and of North Korea, that that group that they have now and some of the stands – to consolidate the Eurasian landmass, right? And now throw in Brazil. Is that subtlety lost in that part of the world where you, maybe it's not bad to do smash mouth. You come over our territory, you get shot down, and we have the balloon and we hold it up and say, this is, we're, we're back and we're gonna be on offense. We're not, we're not gonna be on our back foot in the Straits of Taiwan, we're, and particularly, this uh foreshadows a naval and air blockade, not an amphibious assault, a naval and air blockade of taiwan you 're showing you 're on the trigger and on offense How would you shoot it down i would i I think you got a couple of opportunities number one. Uh, jets number two, maybe service air. I realize it's pretty high, what 150,000, 150, But I think you yeah. have to go. But, after but it.
2: then, but then, right? You're, then they're forcing you into a choice. Yes. That you're then making. Yes. And then they're observing that decision yes. calculus. Yes. And, and, and and what There's you're no saying. Doubt about that. And you know, one one thing I try to do yeah. in conflict and a yeah. strategy yeah. is to be in the fights that I pick, yeah. not the fight that my adversary picks. Right, And so if you're doing that and, and you're engaging in this sort of you – know, let's assume just hypothetically – we don't yeah. know this, that it's yeah. a dumb balloon, that it's yeah. not – Let's assume it's, a, assume it's a dumb yeah. balloon. But yeah. you say there is, there is signal value back to wave around their, their, their dumb balloon as sort of a – To show
0: India – right now the, the, big, the big concern is given how we've botched this Ukraine situation and with munitions, people are not taking us seriously. About when the general talks about three years for war, they're not taken seriously in the South China Sea in the Straits of Taiwan. Right. That's why the Philippines was such a brave, bold move. That it shows you how desperate the Philippines have been, kind of an anti-American, you know, government for so many years, is now scared about this. But th- those people need to see leadership, and they need to see leadership, not at the negotiating table. They need to see leadership as shooting something down.
2: Yeah, I mean, in it, you know, but the the way I think okay. to show. That message to India to anyone else is to go increase our actual basing in theater and our actual capabilities instead of playing a signal game back and forth with Beijing. Uh, perhaps it would be a stronger response to say, "All right, well, it's not going to be four new yeah. bases; it's going to be twelve I w- new bases." I, 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 I
0: think I would agree with you. and If it wasn't for, and if you, if because they've had this for a while, if you had done this over the Aleutians, if you'd done it over Alaska, but now with three days. Over the ICBM of, of of Northern Montana. And I think everybody should understand, just like every town's a border town and every city's a border city, you're in this fight on nuclear weapons, everything. I mean, North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, boom. That's what, and, and you you guys will be incinerated, you know, 60 seconds before D.C. In a, in, a, in a thermonuclear war. So that's why everybody is in this fight. I think the thing that they're in our face is how many days they've put it over uh, the Air Force Base in Montana.
2: Well, uh, our, own milita- milita- our own military is not uh, in- entirely proficient in every circumstance in balloon world. In 2015, our own army <laughs> tried to test balloon technology and it ripped through the state of Pennsylvania <laughs> a- leaving a number of people without power. So th- these balloons don't always go where you want them to and you may have not a circumstance where this thing was supposed to have kind of a, a symbolic glancing pass by and, and circumstances change a-
0: let 's go back over to the the powers that be you 're obviously one of the leaders of the America first movement uh, you 're a leader obviously in the in the Trump movement, but particularly in national security, which is your specialty we 're going to have uh, Congressman Matt Rosendale on the Saturday Show to go to go through his thoughts. What is the takeover? Rosendale's over? probably shooting at it right now. No, he got he got a twenty. He got a, he's got that pump action. They're <laughs> they're ready to go. I don't know why the governor hasn't launched an air national guard. What is the sense on the hill right now of the smartest brains we have on our side of the football of how this should be handled? Yeah,
2: you know, I was in a meeting yesterday with uh, Mike Gallagher, who's going to be chairing our uh, ch- you know special committee directed at competition with China. The Select Committee. And and he believes that we we right now are in the window where China could make a move on Taiwan at any moment. Uh, that we are we are in kinetic, that kill a window kinetic, a kinetic. right now. And that we have to be enhancing our focus on cyber, on electronic warfare, uh, on various air defense systems. And we also have to look at how China okay. might, might bring others into a conflict okay. like that, Japan, the I, Philippines. I, I,
0: I want to refer back because although I think Gallagher is not quite as anti-CCP as maybe the war room, but I have a lot of respect for him. Um, that is totally different, and that's why it was so great you coming in today, of the headline, The Financial Times. They talk about Blinken going to the kowtow after he's been beat up in Alaska. They've been, J- Sullivan was beat up and humiliated in Rome. We're going back for a third helping of this. And they're talking about thawing relations. So how can two very smart young men like uh, Mike Gallagher, former uh, Marine Corps officer, and uh, one of our top thinkers on America First say, hey, we could be in the window of kinetic war. They're, they're already engaged in unrestricted warfare. What, that is a chasm right there. Walk us through that chasm. We've got about a minute, and obviously you're here for the first hour. Walk me through that chasm.
2: Well, I mean, we are, we are assessing the number of sorties that China is flying over Taiwan. We are assessing the kinetic capabilities rise. And, you know, there is this thought with Blinken and Biden that integrated deterrence will somehow prevail on Xi to not make this move. And when you hear – Integrated deterrence being defined as – we sort of think of it as woke deterrence it 's like well we can 't necessarily deter them with all of our air land you know sea capabilities, but we 're deterring them with our you know economic prowess or you know our sense of social justice that everyone in the world just wants to be are they a part serious of. about that uh, absolutely that, that, so that 's how there is i think uh, a real a real divergence in assessing the circumstance that we are in gallagher and i think
0: that uh, we could be literally in the kill zone okay um so you think real quickly the, the 2025 uh, general millahan his 2025 is the outside window of this you think right now we're edging up to the kill zone at uh, the beginning of potential a kinetic war
2: absolutely and that's why we have to catch the signal not the noise and i'm not entirely sure that this okay. balloon floating around isn't noise what we're doing to enhance our basing our that's stockpiles the that's the real signal
0: okay uh congressman matt gates one of the leaders of the america first movement is with us for the first hour we're going to turn after a short commercial break A lot of people complain about the state of our country or the way woke corporations treat us and their employees, but it's not enough to complain. We need to change the way the marketplace works, and that starts with you and where you spend your money. In less than a year, Public SQ has grown to be the largest platform of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses the world has ever seen. Go to PublicSQ.com. That's PublicSQ.com. Here's your host, Stephen K. Vance. Okay. Um, CPAC is coming up. CPAC.org slash worm. First time ever. They're giving 47 bucks off the general mission ticket. That gets you into the studio. We're going to do the same studio we did at Turning Point, the same studio we did at uh, CPAC Dallas. Remember, one of our co-hosts at Turning Point was uh, Congressman Matt Gates. So we look forward to seeing you at CPAC. When everybody show up March 1st through 4th, we're going to have tons of war room activities. This is going to be like a war room uh, festivals. So just like we did Turning Point, just like we did CPAC Dallas, want everybody to turn out CPAC.org slash warm $47. Wasn't that hour. where,
2: I mean, all the uh, all the initial news was made about the speakers
0: race? The 100%. You laid out a pretty good strategy. Actually, Gates, Gates that was a called shot from, I think, July of 2022, the entire thing. And one day we'll be able to tell that story. Matt Gates actually nailed the exact number that, that the the exact number that the majority is going to be. This is in July, right here in this building. The number, he actually said and talked about TikTok and how they were actually going to – not we weren't going to get to the 35 or 40 seats. They'd be close races, but we'd lose, right? How it was going to be the Republican establishment that did that, the entire thing, and then the entire strategy. And this is one of the things when you, you were on Hannity that night. When, when Sean said, hey, Matt, I have no problem after dumping on you for four days. I have no problem with what you're doing. This is the Friday night before the big, before the big event, the throwdown. No, but I, all I want you to do is do it behind closed doors. They don't realize what you and that team have been doing behind closed doors. And I think it's for the – I think – and, and Russ' vote came on here. And Russ was, you got to remove McCarthy's head of the cartel. You know, the Gates strategy is Right. And Russ came on here and says, I think you see the potential for a guy to be a great speaker of the House on this path. Right. And and, and so I think it was a net positive. Yeah.
2: my, My hope is that we front loaded the pain, you know, that by doing this out in the open, by doing it for the first week, we basically front loaded the pain. And now there's a, a sense of how we have to proceed forward. And I think, we've seen, yeah. think we've seen the best version of Kevin McCarthy. 100%. I, think, I think Kevin McCarthy now is on the, on the balls of his uh, feet, uh, leaning 100%. forward into this fight. And uh, I, I'm real proud to work with him.
0: Mitch McConnell is giving him a, a lot of headroom on the death scene. We'll get to it in a second. But I want to go back because people, I think, don't appreciate the fact of uh, how on national security, how, how well you've thought this through. Give it to, So this morning. On on CNN in morning, morning Mika, we could play this. They're in total panic mode. So last week we had you had to get battle tanks. And as you know, tanks are just not another weapons platform, it's another type of warfare. And then we were told the tanks because we were going to give up Bakhmut and we're going to pivot and go liberate Crimea right before we liberate eastern uh, Ukraine. Then we had to have F-16 fighters. In fact, Lockheed was nice enough to tell the Financial Times, hey, we're going to start a production run right now. Well, you don't even need a purchase order because we know you guys are going to get them. Man, if they could have figured out a way to get the F-16s to the Afghans, they totally would have. 100%. <laughs> so then all of a sudden, the the, the, the defense minister comes out the other – when Biden says no in the F-16s, the defense minister says now we have 500,000 Russian troops on the border and they're going to get a winter offensive and Kiev's going to fall and the whole thing's over unless there's a massive buildup in the sub-headline of CNN this morning – think if Denver put it up, would be appreciated. The sub-headline is that we need a new massive program immediately. So I want you to pull back the camera from an America First perspective and, com- and compare and contrast what's happening in Ukraine to the vital national security interests of the defense of Taiwan, sir.
2: Well, I mean, it's, it's not comparable. We do not have an interest in continuing to spend money in Ukraine. And when we look at what's going on in Southeast Asia, it literally could dictate – the future of the world and a major power node of, of information and warfare and supply chain. And so it's just a very de- – I mean, is that, you know what? You okay. know, here's yeah. the simplest way I could yeah. put it. Go look at anything in your house and tell me how many things say that they're made in Russia <laughs> or Ukraine and then go look at everything in your house and see how or much that's made right. in, uh, in, in you know, China or, or Taiwan. It, okay,
0: that statement right there is the most declarative statement I've heard from anybody that's an elected official up there. Do people up there understand Boris Johnson was just here for three days, and he's now going back. He's telling me he's in shock about how there's a thinking that maybe Ukraine's not in the vital national security interest of the United States. So he's sitting there. You've got to go give him everything you need, including F-35s. Is, there, is that thinking that you just laid out, is that starting to permeate into the thinking of our side of the football?
2: Well, I mean, make no mistake. In Congress, there is broad bipartisan support to send almost anything that shoots to Ukraine. Uh, when we began our opposition to U.S. involvement in this war, there were three of us, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Thomas Massey, and Matt Gates. And you know, as it, this has gone forward, there are now just under 70 Republicans who vote against these uh, continued U.S. advancements into this conflict zone. And uh, I think that under the War Powers Act, the Biden administration should actually have to come to Congress and explain what the end game is here. Because what you just described is grisly and deadly and catastrophic and would be just a a horrible thing to have happen in the world today. Uh, The carnage would be catastrophic. So I'm for peace. I don't believe that continuing to send M1 Abrams tanks or to even contemplate F-16s advances the cause of peace. I think that will make this conflict longer and bloodier. And I do think cravenly that there probably are some defense contractors that need there to be a war going on somewhere that the U.S. is sending arms to. And whether it's arms that ultimately end up in the hands of the Taliban or the Azov Battalion or the Ukrainians or sold on the black market to Lord knows who, um, they need to continue to book that new business. And I don't think that should drive the foreign policy decisions that we make. I think our nation's interests should drive that. And... Being in World War III with a nuclear power is not in our interest. I can't even believe I have to say that out loud. So but, but, sure. but, but the people who watch this show should know that there is no geography in America where this war is more popular than in the 202 area code here in Washington, D.C.
0: This is what I don't think people appreciate. But you come from one of the most patriotic uh, congressional districts in the nation, right? Pensacola Naval Air Station, the Navy base there. Um, and you win overwhelmingly. And you win with no taking no defense contractor PAC money, right?
2: I take no PAC money from
0: anybody. Anybody. But you specifically, I mean, the the, the defense contractors, a guy like you would normally be top of the list, right? When you come from those type of uh, areas. Tell, why. what doesn't the Republican Party get about that? That would that we're, we're going down a path of total strike. If you try to liberate Ukraine, you're going to have tactical nuclear weapons. What's the probability that the Ukrainian army with uh, F-16s and American uh, tanks could liberate cr- Crimea, sir.
2: Well, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not going to get into that level of, of intelligence and review, uh, but we can't break the notion. News, the <laughs> notion that it is in our interest to go and you know decide what guy in a tracksuit gets to run Crimea is laughable. It, it, it is absurd, and and the fact that we would risk <laughs> World War Three over this. Is so irresponsible. I mean, we have to make serious decisions, and to go, you know, putts around in Ukraine over the Donbas region or Crimea, and to have that be the possibility that we literally melt the globe uh, with 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 nuclear fallout. Absolutely not. And like Putin is is a very dangerous person w- with the ability to wreak far more havoc on the world, and I do not want to see that happen. And I think we have to be very serious about this, and I, I worry we are sleepwalking into this war, and we're sleepwalking the American people it, into it, and uh, I believe that uh, we ought to have a war powers resolution before the Congress, and the Biden administration before, ought to explain the end. Game. I
0: want to get to the war powers, but I want you to talk about the mentality in this city. Why is it in the imperial yeah, they capital? want to wrap
2: themselves in the flag, it's just the Ukrainian flag Why? Is, why is that? Well, I I sense that
0: these are when not people dumb get people. They're to not Congress, dumb. They're not dumb people. They
2: they uh, fashion themselves as great world leaders, and there is this kind of narrative appeal to oh, if we you know block the Russians, we seem tough and we're this strident force to the world. But the reality is far different. If what we're contributing to is deadlier war and war that extends for a longer period of time, that's what really diminishes america 's value is when i mean whoa, whoa, do we think that our our involvement in the Iraq war and the Afghanistan war for as long as it was for as costly as it was, and for as bloody as it was made us more of a of a symbol of hope and truth in the arab world do we, Does anyone really think that now, and so you know quite possibly we could see a similar outcome in Europe and ukraine if if we 're deemed as as uh, meddling and extending the carnage.
0: As a tutorial, because uh, one of the things we do here is try to get people the nomenclature and the concepts and the structure of process. What is the War Powers? What's the War Powers Act? It's quite controversial about the constitutionality. What's yeah. the War Powers Act? And then why is it important in this kind? Con- we have two minutes and you're clearly here for the uh, after the break, too. But just walk people through what we're talking about. When we talk well, about War I mean, Powers.
2: Look, declaring war in the Constitution is vested in Article 1 with the United States Congress, and because for generations in politics, congressmen and women don't want to take those tough votes. They don't want to be on record for or against involvement in this. And so they have ceded that power to the executive branch. And this has happened under Republican and Democrat Congresses, Republican and Democrat presidents. And then you see, like you saw with Obama in Syria, where 40 advisors turns into us being a referee in a Syrian civil war. You see in Uh, In East Africa, where we continue to get kind of drug into these very regional disputes over things. And in Ukraine right now, these M1 Abrams tanks, they come with them very sophisticated supply chain requirements and very sophisticated logistics kits. And that has to have a human operation component. We have advisors in Ukraine right now. And because we do, and because that is an area of hostility, the Congress can force a vote on whether or not to recall those people to our country and, and to diminish our involvement in this war. And uh, I am very seriously reviewing a legislation that would call the administration to account on that, to bring them before the Congress and say, what is the plan here? Where are we going with this? Is it is it M, you know howitzers to M1 Abrams to F 16s to F 35s? What are we going to go? You know, give nuclear weapons to Ukraine next to have like you know, a, a deterrent structure against Russia? It, it's crazy. And
0: is it is it to defend Kiev or is it actually to go liberate Crimea? Okay, short commercial break room we'll be back. We've got the weaponization of government, we got all the strategy on the investigative committees the debt ceiling all of it congressman matt gates joins us for the entire first hour here in the war and we'll be back in a moment covidtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000 covidtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly 250 grand and covidtaxrelief.org Just got a large distribution business, almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit, and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait, or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDTaxRelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDTaxRelief.org. Visit COVIDTaxRelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDTaxRelief.org, COVIDTaxRelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with covidtaxrelief.org. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Uh, by the way, uh, CPAC, we need a huge showing at CPAC. There's going to be so much going on. All the presidential, I think most of the presidential candidates will be the president. Trump's going to give, I think, the big speech. On Saturday to kind of wrap things up, I think Nikki Haley's coming. I think others, other invites out there are going to be announcing Gates is going to be co-hosting War Room, breaking that news right now from from, from CPAC one day. I'm, I'm kind of concerned about giving you too much co-host time because it's like, uh, yeah, I feel like Wally Pipp to your Lou well, Gehrig. It's a, it's, a, it's a very... The one thing that went super viral was the Santos interview is Gates was, you know, not shy about telling me.
2: Well, you know, it is a co-host uh,
0: diminution to go from Natalie Winters to me. So I, uh, <laughs> no. No, It's pretty impressive. Um, just real quickly, Tom Massey's got the exclusive interview up in Breitbart talking about what he's thinking of doing this war powers thing, w- whatever venue you, 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 you guys dis- decide, we have to have Biden come forward and put forward the plan. We just can't continue to do this. Talk about F- It's so immature tanks now because, you know, tanks are a n- new type of warfare, liberate Crimea, defend Kiev, F-16s, F-35s. Well, you, you know. know,
2: you're going to hear the state of the union, Of Ukraine, but the union is going to be Ukraine's union, not ours. How how
0: are you guys going to respond to that?
2: Oh, I mean, you saw how I responded when Zelensky showed up. I thought that was quite powerful.
0: Why did you sit? When, he, when, when the new well, – the look, Churchill of I mean, the 21st century when, is there?
2: When I agreed with Zelensky, I was, I was happy to stand and applaud. But I was not going to stand and applaud when he continued to assert that Ukraine's future and fate was directly tied to the future and fate of the United States. I do not have that low of a view of the United States to say that like where Ukraine goes, we go. And it seemed like everyone else was – ready to adopt that paradigm. And uh, Ms. Boebert and Mr. Burchett and myself, were not.
0: If you're, if we're tough enough just on audits alone, no more weapons. Well, I mean, uh, look,
2: you think it's a coincidence that right as Republicans take over the armed services committee and prepare for audits that there's zero tolerance. that he starts yes. firing the people who are engaged <laughs> yeah. in this corrupt conduct.
0: Hold on. First off, the interior minister that everything he reports up to mysteriously dies in a helicopter accident. Then he fires the 10 guys closest to him because now he has zero tolerance, zero tolerance. Like, yeah, him. it, it that that's, se- that's, a, that's, that's just a normal course of events.
2: That seemed to be a reaction more to what was happening politically in our country than what was happening politically uh, in Eurasia. So-
0: I want to go to uh, – we got the debt ceiling and then I got all the committees. Let's go to the debt ceiling because I think McCarthy has really stood up here. The first, the, the, coming out of the White House the other day, I thought he was terrific about laying out the case about how important this is, et cetera. And he, then he came out yesterday after the things saying, oh, they got a relationship. They're talking. He walks out in front of the sticks. And the Capitol and says, hey, I told him, no clean debt ceiling, right? They're going to be spending cuts kind of in your face, which is about – it totally cut the narrative of MFC and CNN, which is you've got to come together. It's going to be the end of the country.
2: Yeah, I think Speaker McCarthy did a good job in that meeting. There, l- let's acknowledge some facts though. You know, Republicans voted to raise the debt limit without preconditions during the Trump administration. I did not. I have never voted to raise the debt limit because I think when you max out your credit card, it's a pretty good time to start looking at your spending habits. And we never seem to do that. And so uh, we have to refocus there. Uh, And let's also remember, in most circumstances, when Republicans pick a fight over the debt limit, the Republicans lose. So, So let's examine why. The debt limit fight for Republicans. In
0: 2011, you don't think the Budget Control Act was at least a good start? It wasn't great, but a good start. We kind of threw it out the window eventually because oh, of I, Afghanistan and Iraq. We had the side pocket, $100 billion you had to keep feeding the war machine. Wasn't the concept of the Budget Control yeah. Act the first time? Cut, cap, and balance You know, had some positive
2: downward pressure, but it, it wasn't enduring. And right. So you know, I, I think that it, when you're just looking at a negotiation over top lines – that is actually never enduring. Let me make that as, as, a, okay. as a premise argument. I believe you have to force policy changes. Those become more enduring. Yes. You know what I mean? Uh, you saw- Because in, it's
0: not about waste and fraud and abuse. You gotta have fundamental- No, that, that's yeah, I mean, it's absurd. I th- I th-
2: that's just a talking yes. point, yes. right? And there are, there are, there's about half a trillion dollars in clawbacks <laughs> that we should do. And in dist- dist- uh, distributions of funds to states that we should not make because we're repealing the COVID emergency. That should be a baseline. But I just don't understand why we're a country that pays people who could go to work not to. And when I – How big
0: a deal is that? Look – Does that come away with the the emergency measures coming off or is it deeper? Oh, considerably deeper. And by the way, it pays you on both sides of the
2: ledger, right? If you impose work requirements on all means-tested entitlement programs – for working age people, not for the disabled, not for uh, seniors, but for working age people, it's a trillion dollars in savings during the 10-year budget window. This
0: is in Medicaid and other- This is in Medicaid, in, in and, Medicaid. And,
2: in, and in food stamps.
0: In food stamps, right? it's uh, discretionary spending. Yeah, you're those saying, are the yes. biggest,
2: the biggest chunks are from the Obamacare Medicaid expansion to able-bodied adults yes, I and, and to- So Social Security and- It's over 400 billion. Social Security and
0: Medicare now. are off the table, but you're saying you're taking Medicaid and other aspects of the discretionary oh, look, spending. If it
2: was if it was mac Gates, I, I think that we do need reforms to Social Security and Medicare. I understand politically, Enough people but that said can that's come later. the table. That, that, you, that, you get That's the not going to happen now. Right. Medicaid – don't need to have – By the way, Medicaid right. should not be a sacred cow.
0: Big time. And so and by it hasn't
2: been. You notice right. people don't talk about Medicaid no, It's, same, always, when they're it's talking always about Medicare Social Security, Social Security right. right. So So with Medicaid, I think there's a lot of meat on the bone for savings. In SNAP, uh, you can get over $400 billion in savings just by having work requirements. And then there there's a lot of money to save if we just stopped giving tax credits to illegal aliens. Like – how about that as, as something that could unite 222 Republicans? If we pick those vectors and focus on them, not only do you save money, but you actually drive growth on the other end because you have higher labor participation and you're able to get small – better business confidence.
0: Well, people go back to work that you, yeah. you actually, you actually have we the, become a more
2: productive the, society. The
0: restaurants and the small business guys actually can get some employees, right? Well, and the essence of the Trump yep. boom was that it drove the yes.
2: productive sectors of the yes. economy. It wasn't just numbers moving on a spreadsheet in Wall Street. People that worked with their hands, that wore their name on their shirt, actually did better as a consequence. And if you drive labor participation, you drive business confidence, investment confidence. At the same time, you're cutting federal spending, which has been a big driver of inflation. That would be a bankable, win look it's not all i would do it's not all i would want but that is ground we could defend and joe biden says that he will negotiate about nothing so let's make joe biden negotiate on behalf of the 32 year old living on the couch who could go to work who isn't and you're paying for their health care their transportation their cell phone their broadband let's get that person up and working and see how to unlock the potential of this country
0: to to get away from the rhetoric of the left which is oh you already paid for it you know all this nonsense you, you hear Uh, And also, even on the right, it's not focused. The two things you're you're talking about, if you want to get real about avoiding a fiscal fiscal and financial crisis, is it's got to be policy and commitments. You can't say waste, fraud, and abuse. It's got to be it can't just be top
2: lines. My my critique of of cut, cap, and balance is when you explain it to the American people, we've now reached such a magnitude of the numbers that it almost becomes incomprehensible on on just rolling back to certain levels of spending. What you have to say is there is a policy choice we have made, a social choice we've made in this country to, to pay people to not work who could otherwise work, and we have to eliminate that. We have to reverse that choice, and I think that gets buy-in. And you know what? We should be able to get some Democrats on that. I don't know if you can in twenty twenty-three because this is a Democrat Party that can't—you know—that a hundred of them can't even vote against socialism this week when that matter was on the floor. Um, but, but you're saying spamberg you, you, you
0: want to talk about swing districts where it's, that's tough to defend. About Bill the Clinton
2: did deals like this with Newt Gingrich. Well, you know, and then you're not juxtaposing Joe Biden against extreme MAGA Republicans, which is probably us. Uh, instead, you're juxtaposing Joe Biden against Bill Clinton.
0: Why not use that strategic option? Um, very powerful. The federal – we have $31.5 trillion face amount at Treasury. We also have $9.5 trillion over the Federal Reserve nobody talks about. Mercatus just is a great study. Normally, because of the game with zero interest rates, they've been kicking in about $50 billion to $100 billion every year to, to, to get the deficit down. Now with the uh, inverted yield curve, there's a trillion dollar loss sitting over there. Is there – isn't this the time for the Masseys and, and to have their back that somehow – because the Federal Reserve is the funding mechanism of the administrative state. Don't we have to put that on the table that – remember, and Mercatus brings this up, without any congressional authorization whatsoever, they have been they, – they've got $9.5 trillion dollars in their balance sheet, and they, including a trillion dollars they just threw out there during COVID with no authorization. And now we're sitting on a trillion dollar loss. That's also going to now include with the interest rates we have to pay over a trillion dollars in interest. Isn't it time to bring that part of the equation into this and say, we've got to have a frank discussion about the money printing situation?
2: Well, I mean, uh, let me tell you what probably few other Republicans would say and, and Massey would would be among those who would agree with me. There's no amount of downward pressure you can put on authorized and appropriate government spending through Congress that will solve this inflation problem in the absence of reform to Fed policy. No no way to do it. And so if if you do not uh, work on that Fed policy as well, there's only so far we can take economic recovery through the United States Congress. And that's a, that's a really scary thing to say in a republic, that the the elected representatives of the people uh, aren't able to turn the levers on this economy the way this thing gets juiced Isn't and ran back.
0: By the way, the way things happen is you've got to get it out there and you move the Overton window. Is not now the time for the masses of the world, the Matt Gates of the world, since you're doing such a great job on really explaining what America first is and why it's in our – what is in our vital national security interests and what is not because you've got to make – tough decisions. You don't have easy decisions. The same thing. This is a massive teaching moment. The debt, this debt limit fight is the fight we want because you have an opportunity to make it a teaching moment for the American people about how the system works and how they pay for everything that screws them.
2: It it is. It is a complicated argument and it is a difficult argument to make during a shutdown. Right. Uh, Explaining the way that Fed policy juices inflation is a tough split screen with people who are going to a veteran cemetery and it's padlocked. Do you believe we get? get, get do, you, do you believe numbers.
0: right now the cash comes in? There should be no. There won't be a default unless they choose to default because plenty of cash is coming in. That's why they have to show us a model. Do you feel comfortable making any of these decisions? Put it forward where the where the Treasury Department has not given us for exactly what the financial plan is. We don't really have a model. Russ vote does things. Other people do things, but that's like in COVID, where the University of Washington or Hong Kong or Southampton mm-hmm. were taking their numbers, but Fauci never has to come out and actually no, give I mean, his look. I mean. We all know they're shooting from the
2: hip, right? I mean, Dude, we see no. But these tell, ra- the American these people, rate no, tell the
0: American people that is that is that. When you talk about treasury, the most a six trillion dollar year government, are they shooting from the hip, or do you think they really have a handle on just the cash flows, receipts in, cash out?
2: Yeah, I I think it's it's panic mode with the way the American people are starting to get concerned about those drivers. And that's why you saw in the last announcement not a smaller rate hike than expected, but then the forecast that, like, this is not over, right? The, it, it was almost like in the last announcement, the beatings will continue until morale improves. <laughs> it
0: improves right. Um, where you have, whether well, the war powers or some sort of activity on Ukraine to bring this to the front with Taiwan, is how, where do we see progress? We've got about a minute. On the whole thing of the death ceiling, what you just talked about about policy changes. Where, when and where do we expect to see that come forward? Well, look, we have work to do to
2: create a center of gravity within the Republican conference that can unite 222 voices around a single vision. And if we are unable to do that, the Democrats will have a single voice. Which is clean, de- which
0: is clean, ceiling clean debt limit, right.
2: easy to explain, uh, I think tough to defend in, this, in the medium and long term, but easy to explain in the short term. And so we have to explain that when you max out your credit card, it's a pretty good time to evaluate your spending choices. There are people that we are spending money on uh, and we are not helping them by spending that money on them. And I think that if we did not do that and we explained it to people, it's familiar. People see it in their neighborhoods it's get, it's get, and their families get and them, their churches. Get them
0: off the couch. Yes, we've got to get
2: the Zoomers off the couch.
0: Zoomers off the couch um brilliant okay short commercial break we uh, come back we got one more block and you walk us through the investigations the weaponization all of it congressman matt gates joins us here in the war room for an entire hour debt ceiling uh, war powers act shooting down or in his case not shooting down a chinese uh, spy balloon over we were Montana. walking through various hypotheticals hypotheticals Steve. i understand it i understand it. You, you, the grand strategic view pretty impressive not a lot of people in congress can do that short commercial break and he wins with huge margins in a super pro-military district, takes no PAC money and particularly no defense contractor money. Always beating swords into plowshares. That's Matt Gates, America First. Short commercial break. Back in a second. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the Thanks to your support, Patriot Mobile has emerged as one of the leaders in the parallel economy. And they have big news. Patriot Mobile now offers services with all three major networks. This means if you're with the big three and like the service but hate their values, you can access them with Patriot Mobile. They also offer a performance guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch between the three major carriers for free. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, offers nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that fights to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. This new year, resolve to stop supporting companies that don't align with your values. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Just go to patriotmobile.com Bannon. That is patriotmobile.com Bannon. Or call them at 878-PATRIOT. That's 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Bannon. That's patriotmobile.com slash Bannon. Or call 878-PATRIOT. Do it today. Take action. Use your agency.
2: Getter has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace
0: of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, welcome back. We got Congressman Matt Gates. Okay, all these investigations, there's a lot going on. One number one, is anybody kind of coordinating all of it? It looks like you've made a strategic decision to start the morning after, the day after the State of the Union, and particularly on weaponization of government, which I know is one of your things you're most focused on.
2: Yeah, I think that there are certain behaviors that we see common to the enterprise of government that are really troubling to a lot of people. I mean, let me just give you a few examples. List building. I mean, I don't even know, as a congressman, how many different types of lists exist that present derogatory information about our fellow Americans, how people get on these lists, what due process exists, how being on a list like the no-fly list even accidentally You're can impact you. No, are saying government,
0: not some list made up by Twitter or, or oh, Facebook. Oh,
2: no. We're, we're talking about this select subcommittee is focused on the weaponization of, gov- of yes. government against our people. Yes, And you look at the, at the unconstitutional list that the ATF has developed, Right. So, so I think that is something that I'm very interested in that I think would firmly be uh, within the jurisdiction. You're not of the a fan of the ATF. Subcommittee. No, mm-hmm. I, I – fo- you think it
0: would be franchised out as, a, uh, as a, like, a, uh, like a Chuck E. Cheese I,
2: I, I steakhouse? Made, I made comments on the floor that alcohol, tobacco, and firearms should be a Florida convenience store chain, not uh, a government agency. I would abolish the ATF uh, and, and certainly given the way that they've abused rulemaking authority. Uh, surveillance is another vector that I think you'll really see. Uh, how, y- you would be surprised. Well, people how be shocked by agencies. these? They'd oh, be shocked. Well, uh, it, it is shocking to me each and every day to learn some of this stuff. I mean, people ha- probably won't be shocked at the national security state's work to surveil people because we've exposed a lot of that. But even government entities like the post office have digital surveillance teams that assess people's political conduct And when we asked them why they did that, the answer was, well, if there was a political protest somewhere, it might disrupt the delivery of the mail. And so under that ludicrous pretext, you're literally being spied on from everybody from the the highest level spy hunters on the planet Earth to the post office. And, And so that's an important vector as well. And then just the way the regulatory state gets, gets turned on people and you've got armed IRS agents, uh, you've got armed agents at the department of, of education even. And you wonder why that is necessary. Is like the future of this, of this socialist tyrannical state that they're going to teach you critical race theory, you know, at the end of a newsie, let's hope not. Uh, but, uh, uh, arming of government agencies is quite literally the weaponization of these agencies. And, and why we have so many armed IRS agents and armed agents across the enterprise of government is uh, also something I expect the to Okay, okay
0: I, I called for this on the stage of CPAC in 17 when I was the, one of the president's senior advisors. Deconstruct the administrative state. It starts with this weaponization. They're just not going to sit there with Jordan and you and Stefanik and these other hammers up there. They're just not going to sit there and go, oh, this is lovely. We got called. We're going what is the fight actually to get to the real information, expose it to the American people?
2: So the big flaw in the Trey Gowdy strategy was don't take any depositions until you get all the documents. And in a traditional litigation context, that would be the preferred path. But we're on the shot clock right now. You know, We have to assume we have two years to do this work and have a deliverable in this Congress. And so while our work may go beyond that, we have to have a time calibration that is precise. And so we have already started taking depositions. I was taking a deposition last week, and while you often, I want, get I want that people to understand. Let that. me lay out the, already,
0: already depositions being taken. We are, I, I,
2: yeah, I was in a deposition taking one of a former senior, uh, you know, FBI official last week. And while it can be very hard to get current officials, it uh, you often face less resistance when you get someone who has rolled out of their, you know, FBI, DOJ, ATF. Uh, NSA job and now they're working in the private sector because people with a big job in the private sector for a Fortune 100 company or a tech company They don't want to see their name in in the news as having defied a subpoena. And so just historically, we've gotten greater participation from people who are no longer in the direct employ of the government. And a lot of them have a lot to say about their experiences there. We would encourage whistleblowers. I mean, some of the best whistleblowers we've had, they call our congressional office and say, look, I'm I'm out of service with the government. I've seen some things there that I, I was unable to change in the direct chain of command, but I want to see them changed now. And I want to tell you what things happened that weren't in accordance with the law or our regulatory policies. And as those folks come forward, we're here to investigate their claims to uh, ensure that we can corroborate with documents, with other witnesses, with evidence. And then we want to tell the American people uh, the story and then have legislative work product. You know, I, I think that one of the consequences of the select subcommittee could be bills to sunset some of these agencies, to eliminate some of these authorities, uh, to de-weaponize. And then you know what? That becomes the big fight on the upcoming appropriations bills. And, it, and because of the, well, the work we did at the beginning of January, it's not going to be the fight on an omnibus. Each of these agencies Government is going to process, have to stand up order. and they're going to have to defend their budgets. And we're going to have the evidence from the weaponization subcommittee to use to try to
0: limit the harm to our people. That's the convergence of all these strategies. That's brilliant. By the way this will be the hill they die on this committee they they will fight this tooth and nail this will be this will well, be an epic fight
2: they they've already put some of their uh most talented members on the subcommittee as well. Uh, Dan Goldman is a killer. Smart guy. Worked against that uh, guy yeah. in impeachment. He's very capable. He's yeah. very bright. And uh, he'll be there leading the defense of the administrative state, it seems.
0: This is going to be a big one. How do people get to – we've got about a minute. All your content, you've got an amazing podcast, all your writings, everything.
2: Uh, Firebrand is the podcast. It's everywhere on the internet. We, uh, we're about to go, go over $2, uh, two million on my uh, personal Twitter account, at Matt Gates. also on Getter. Uh, at Rep. Mac Gates, at Mac everybody Gates, everybody on
0: Twitter ought to be all over you because it's breaking news. We've actually, if you, um, this is very impressive this morning. A lot of good news here. Thank you so much for doing this, and thank you for the the fight that's going on. You 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 went next level in those five days. Those were five days that changed the direction of this country. That's going to be remembered in history. The, when people go back and write the history... It wasn't a
2: up. destination. It's part of the process, process. and we've got to keep our shoulder
0: to the wheel. Trust the process, as long as you keep grinding. There's a lot going on behind the scenes. Thank you. Honored to have you on here. Okay, 90-second break. I'm going to take a short break. 90-second break. We've got Miranda Devine of the New York Post. We have, I think she's got a few things to say about Abby Lowell and his shot across everybody's bow. Turns out it was in response to a, uh, a lawsuit that uh, Hunter got d- dropped on Hunter. The laptop from hell. We got Steve Cortez. gonna have Michael Patrick Leahy. Who else? Joe Allen, Darren Beatty. On the U.S. dollar, all of it. Next 90 seconds. Back in the War Room. Hour two. War Room Posse. You already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data.